Good evening, folks. If you love the wrestling conversation that we have over here at Tights and Fights, you can support us by going over to iTunes and leaving us a five-star rating and a review just like this one. Rabbit One says they love all of the hosts and that we never let our conversations devolve into angry internet things. I like that that happened on the one show he listened to. But <laughs> for, the, for the rest of you, for the rest of you, feel free to continue to all of our anger and happiness at Tights and Fights. <laughs> Tights and Fights podcast is the perfect wrestling podcast. There's a guy named Al and there's Daniel and there's guy Welcome to Tights and Fights, the show that discusses wrestling with the sincerity and hilarity that it deserves. I'm the Prince of Pod, Hal Lublin, and I'm joined by my fellow members of the Nation of Conversation, the toast of the Pacific Northwest Coast, Danielle Radford. That's nice. Yeah. And the royal stud with royal blood, my hey. ego. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> stud blood. I love it. Mm-hmm. And I like the robe and crown that you've chosen today. Uh, it's all a coincidence. Hmm. Coming up on this week's show, broken baby faces, leave him hanging at Sierra, and a lot more. That is a terrible phrase. Leave him hanging at Sierra? No. Broken baby face. Yeah. Like, mm. I just... Like literally pictured a baby with a broken face. Yeah. Oh no! Yeah, that's how Bray Wyatt decorates his home. Don't that you makes remember? sense. Yeah. Broken baby broken faces. Baby faces. everywhere. Well, that works. Randy, come here. Look at my broken baby faces, Randy. <laughs> Pretend you're a baby. <laughs> Let me break your face, Randy. Meet me by the evil refrigerator, Randy. I'm going to turn you into a baby, Randy, <laughs> and I'm going to break your face <laughs> in my house of horrors, <laughs> Randy. <laughs> Randall, Randall, Randall James Orton, <laughs> the third. I'm going to break your baby face after I make you a baby, Randy. P- put on this diaper, Randall. <laughs> it's just your size. When you reach for your belt, Randy, it's going to be a rattle. <laughs> You'll start shaking it, Randy. You will not be able to resist. Man. <laughs> <sighs> oh. <laughs> First, (laughs) Roman Reigns and Braun Strowman had yet another match on Raw, and it was lit, fam. Maravanello. Quote, I was going to give years of life, but he's still living. Uh, Let's talk in particular about this spot. The best moment ever. Oh my god, it's so good. I almost put that over. It's a great Yeah, yeah. I almost put that over. These are two guys who continue to have outstanding matches. God damn. Mm-hmm. I'm not tired of them fighting. It's been six, four or five months. Yeah. Four or five months, maybe six. Yeah, I'm still good with it. Uh their match that fatal four way is bar none, the match I am most looking forward to. SummerSlam, looking forward to it. When it. Ever since Samoa Joe 
versus Brock Lesnar. I've been excited for this fatal four-way match. Mm-hmm. Let's talk, though, about, about Roman Reigns and, and Braun Strowman. They, they, they fight so well against each other, obviously coming in. Braun's the guy they're building up. Reigns is the top dog. Even though they're in different places on the card, do you feel like they're each elevating each other even higher? Even though they're at the top of the card, it feels like they can keep going. Oh, absolutely. I, the, my favorite thing about that chair spot, and there are so many things, the number one being Roman got hit in the face with a chair. Oh, my God. Um, is that if you look at the way that he threw it, he somehow managed to toss that chair so it landed in the one place that wouldn't actually hurt Roman. Yeah. It's amazing. I watched it like four times because I was like, how did he manage to be and to do it with like such like where it just feels like, oh, dude is like livid. Like it feels like it's got all this rage, but it's so perfectly done so that it hits him in the cushion so he could protect himself and none of him gets cut or hurt or anything. That's amazing. Like, how do you do that? That was amazing. Yeah, they're they're brutal in the safest way possible. Whether yes. it, that that spot and even Roman slamming him in the arm with the steps. Yeah. In a way that, like, there's a little bit behind that. There's no way it doesn't hurt yeah. at least a little bit. But they they take care of one another but make it look brutal. And Roman sold the shit out of that chair spot to running full speed, and he managed to, like, let it hit him and then fly up into the air I while he yeah. landed on the ground. That was pretty, impre- that was pretty that, incredible. Do you guys think they're best friends? They got to be now. I bet they're really close. How much would you love to see the two of them sitting side by side on a park bench with ice cream cones? Oh, my God. Don't put that in my brain. That's all I want for the rest of my life. I planted it there like a baby. (laughs) Your mind baby of the two big men eating ice cream, Randall. Uh, Let's talk about one of the other big happenings from Raw. Bailey is officially injured and will not face Alexa Bliss at SummerSlam for the Raw women's title. Instead, it will be either Nia Jax or Sasha Banks. Obviously, they're two good contenders. I want to talk about Emma, who looked fantastic and did a great job uh, putting over Sasha. And uh, that was a really strong... You had Foxy mm-hmm. and and Emma and Sasha. There's, there's really no way that that can't be a good match as long as they're given time. Mm-hmm. Do you think Emma did herself favors that will benefit her down the line as a future challenger? I really, really hope so. Because that's one of those ones where I know a lot of people look at it and they're like, oh, well, it's Emma and it's Foxy. But it's like both of those women can go. Yeah. We know out of those three it's going to be Sash. But, like, everyone in that match is good and everyone in that match should, I, you know, they won't, but should be given a chance at some point to go for the title. There's just, you know, if we would just have more women's wrestling on the wrestling program that's three hours long, then maybe we would get more of a chance to see some of these other people. It almost feels like Alicia Fox and, and Emma get held back because they weren't part of the Divas yep. Revolution, even yep. though Foxy was involved as a, as a, as a as the team as Team yeah. Bella. Mm-hmm. Do you think, Mike, if that's something that they'll be able to overcome? Yeah, I, I don't, you know, I think they're going to do something with Emma. They keep doing this thing where they're teasing her uh, and Jason Jordan as as an angle to you know get to Kurt Angle and all of that, so I do think that the writers do see that there's something in her, and they're going to position her somehow to actually have some storyline as she's involved in. Now, you know, Foxy, I I I am constantly disappointed by where they position her. I mean, if it's not somebody's boyfriend and she's just getting beat, um, and and she is very very capable. She's actually one of the stronger performers that they have, but they just kind of don't yeah. they don't utilize it for much. Every single time you give Foxy something, no matter how small or how stupid, she finds a way to make it really really interesting. And sometimes it can be the most interesting thing on the show. She always finds these little ways to improve upon whatever idea was there. And it's like you guys are 
really telling me that with someone who is able to do those things, like, ain't no room for her anywhere? That's a bummer. Speaking of injuries, say ow. Scott Dawson has torn his right bicep, uh, which could mean he's out for four to six months. Yeah. Okay, so he's going to be out for a while. Is the revival just snake bit? Because now they're just taking turns. They've literally tagged out the injury. Yeah, From it's, Dash and to, it's also not—it's not a good look. And I love—I, you know, I'm a huge fan of the revival. I love the revival, and like yeah. injuries happen. But if you're getting these shots and people keep getting injured, it's—you start to get worried about what's going to happen if, and if they're going to have the same opportunity when he gets back. I hope they do. Starting to get a little, little worried for my boys. And Mike, you're not a big revival fan. Does and this they're injury... not really giving me much of a chance to be. It doesn't <laughs> seem like at the moment either. Yeah. Uh, I... Yeah, I don't know. Do you, but do you think that this alters? Because they were mixing it up with the, with the Hardys, the Hardys yeah. and the club and and helping to fill out the division a little bit more. Do you yeah. think, even for you who's not a big fan, that, that, that that'll be an absence that's noticeable? No, because they haven't really been there to take up any space yet to, for me to notice that they've been gone. I mean, hopefully, like, when they were coming back and kind of were involved as specters in the Enzo and Cass situation, maybe their absence can be utilized in that way to help keep them on the fans' minds. But as right. it stands right now, I just haven't seen enough of them consistently to feel like I'm going to miss them when they're gone. All right. Uh, let's talk about a tag team that's on the upswing. The New Day responded to the Usos by blindsiding them and beating them down yes. on SmackDown. I love that they were in, in shirtless and pajamas. It was great. <laughs> that was really cool. It's nice to see their edge come back, isn't it? Yeah. That was what made us fall in love with them in the first place, was like those moments after when they were like, you know, the singing and clapping niggas, which they still are, <laughs> but it was different. <laughs> Just trust that it was different and worse. But there was those moments when they suddenly realized that like they could cheat to win. And that was when we started falling in love with them. And then also they started, you know, incorporating like internet memes and, and personifying black Twitter and the unicorns and all the other things that we love. But you, so, yeah, I'm super happy with it because that's how they got over in the first place. Right. So I'm really happy that this part of the edge, which was built in, is back. I'm super excited about it. I want to say it was like fall of 2015, somewhere around there, where they absolutely leveled like John Cena, mm. whoever the baby faces were at that time. Yeah, they did a run-in, right? They, they ran in and they there was like no clapping, no anything. They were, they were trying to impress, I, th- I think, Hunter and Stephanie at the time. They came in and were like, like hyena, jackal, just predators picking apart and destroying them. I do remember and that. And that's how they closed out mm-hmm. the show. They were like standing triumphant over there. Oh yeah, that was so. That was great. I do remember that. Foes. That's right, because they were. That's right. Their the authority was still a thing. How much more of that do you think that they need to show? Because it's good to see it come back. But Mike, how much more of that do you think they need to show? I think to they be need credible champions. Now? I think they need to show a lot of it. What I was struck with in that moment, though, was the three on two aspect of it too, though. And and I don't know if. Too much aggression is going to make mm. them look like they're unfair competitors since there's th- there's three dudes with chairs beating up two dudes. Mm. So I don't know. I, I guess they probably have to balance it out somehow with that. But I do want to see the edge and the aggression come back for sure. Yes. And, and that thing specifically of um, how aggressive they were, that 
only works with the Usos. Right. But there's no other tag team on SmackDown they could do that with yeah, and would. have us still cheer them as baby yeah, we don't. We don't want them to beat up the fashion police. No, be... well, I don't want you doing no. that to fashion police. Leave them alone. Right. Dango. Dango. You got to say for Dango. Getting back to what happened on Raw, we saw Ambrose not making the save for Rollins and then Rollins making the save for Ambrose oh. and then denying him the fist bump. Oh. Guys, I love this so much. You, yes, I tell, did. Me, tell me about it. I loved it so much. <laughs> Why? The first thing that I was captivated by was the genuine emotion of the crowd, like an actual unprovoked real life yes chant that yeah. I haven't seen in a long time. And when that stuff happens, like I'm I'm there for it every time when the crowd is genuinely emotionally into something. But then I never in a million years expected that Seth was going to walk away. I love it when my wrestling emotionally manipulates me. That's when my wrestling is the strongest, when it when it is leading me places and making me feel things. Yeah. And typically it's not able to do that like it used to be able to. So in this moment, I found myself completely in it, loved it, do it every week. Yeah, Thank they you. they have me all the way in on them getting back together. Oh. I am all the way in on it. When they get back together at fucking SummerSlam, oh my God. I am going to cry. I mean, when they do the fist at SummerSlam, I am oh. going to have goosebumps. Oh, my God. Oh. Oh, it's going to be amazing. Oh, it's going to be so good. Oh. I think what you hit into, Mike, that idea of they weren't playing to the crowd. Like the really great moments are when you're when you are a spectator right. yes. to something happening between two people. Yes, and it, and and when it actually makes you feel something versus you just sitting on your hands being bored at it. Yes, yes. and they were absolutely both of them were one hundred percent in that moment. Mm-hmm. Like they were fucking, they were acting. Um, they were. Yeah. They were having a fucking moment. It looked it was, like Dean was about to cry. Yeah. It it it, it was. I was about to cry. I was. <laughs> oh. oh god. Oh, I love it. Give me more. Give me more. I'm I'm there for the for the bromance. I'm there I, for it. Yeah. I, I am gonna give you more, but I'm gonna give you more Bray Wyatt. Oh. Because for the first time in recent memory, Finn Balor cut a promo to address Randy's dad. <laughs> Let's hear a clip. So Bray Wyatt, I got a little bit of advice for you. The next time you wanna I come know. at Finn. I know. That's you better not miss. Whatever you want to start, I will finish. Finn Bella, <laughs> I, s- I stole your Legos, I Finn Bella. So you're like, I stepped on one and it hurt my foot. And I, then o- I took all of them. <laughs> I only break things. I don't believe we're going to put them back together. <laughs> you're going to be Randy's kid brother. <laughs> you will also be my baby. And I will break your face. <laughs> and then I'll disappear. <laughs> You'll be wrapped in swaddling clothing, Vin. <laughs> Rest on my chest, son. <laughs> we'll take those dad pictures where you're under the sheet resting on my chest and I'm not wearing a shirt in bed because we all have those pictures. <laughs> and I'm going to put you to sleep. That's what dads do. But I'll be in the other room listening on the monitor, Finn. Yes. I'll have you turned way up. I'll come if you cry. If I hear, if I hear an irregularity in breathing, I'll just come to the doorway and watch you. I'll watch you sleep, my baby Finn. <laughs> Randy. Randy, go check on your brother. Don't be jealous of your new brother, Randy. You can both have pancakes. <laughs> I don't love him or you any more or less. I just felt like my heart expanded, Randall. I love you both the same. We're going to take that picture where 
It's fall, no matter where we are. <laughs> I'm holding both of you in my arms on either side of me. We'll be wearing matching sweaters, Finn. Yes, and then whatever social networking exists in 30 years, I'll post. There'll always be my baby boys. <laughs> Randy and Finn. Do, do we care about this match? <laughs> I was telling Mike, I guess I want to I want to test the joke out on Danielle. Oh, no. We were talking about the duality of Finn Balor, where they're really trying to separate mm. the, the collar-popping guy mm-hmm. from the guy who looks like if a car wash came to life. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it works. Yeah, it does. Mark the time code, Julian. <laughs> Mark it down. Do we care? I kind of don't care about this match. I like Finn Balor. He's over with me. Mm-hmm. I like Bray Wyatt. I just it has come from nowhere and is over nothing and about nothing. <laughs> right. And that feels like a squandered opportunity. There isn't even like the Kane Jericho feud from two thousand was over a spilled cup of coffee. For God's sakes, where what where's the transgression here? Yeah, this is my. I feel like this is my dream match of like two years ago. Mm. Right. And now it's like, unfortunately, with everything that's gone down with Bray Wyatt, it's hard for me to feel super invested. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. This is the opposite of, of, of Seth Ambrose. Like, I watch these two men and I'm oh, these are both very good yeah. competitors, but I feel nothing. I feel absolutely nothing. Yep, and it's neither. I think that they're both doing doing the their, their good work and they're both doing their best job. I'm just not digging how it was booked. But oh. it, But it is, it's Bray. You know, Bray needs to go on a two-year-long murder spree before people can care about mm-hmm. him mm-hmm. again. And he, and that's another one. He's such a great performer, and he right. really does try. Dude legit was trying to be, like, selling that he's projecting fucking ants into a ring or whatever the fuck. Like, the roaches that live around <laughs> my apartment. He was just like, here, we got some, you know? Like, he really, really is trying. I just feel like... They don't know what to do with mystical cult daddy without anyone else. Ants. <laughs> or whatever the fuck. He's going to ruin your picnic. All right. <laughs> let's, let's talk about another promo segment about a match probably none of us are super excited about. Cena versus Baron Corbin. We're going to have a clip that will feature Baron's new music. Oof. Whoa. Yes, that's music. Here comes a person. Who's that? I have heard, I have heard music before, and that is what it sounds like. Who wrote this? Is this CFO Dollar Sign? Yeah, this is CFO Dollar Sign. I like the other one way better. Oh, Why'd they change it? Yeah, what was that? What was that? Uh, junk, junk, gunk, 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 This just sounds like every other fucking song. But that monk music in the beginning. Oh, yeah. What was that about? It sounded like Gangster's Paradise, didn't it? It did it sound like a, a a large choir, but what does that have to do with Mr. Corbin? What what about his persona conjures images of church? Uh, Nothing. Yeah, maybe he's a werewolf. I don't know. Oh, what okay. are we doing with him now? Yeah, what is, yeah. What is, I don't know. He's wrestling John Cena because he's the guy. Who, he's the guy who has no respect. That's great. Would love to have seen that done in a way other than, hey, I'm going to come down and interrupt your promo. And then have Daniel Bryan come out and be like, whoa, guys, stop talking. (laughs) Before you guys say anything else, I'm going to put you in a match against each other at SummerSlam because you both need to be on the card. You know what they ought to do? What? Next week? Oh. Is have Corbin come up and fuck up the show a bunch of times. Mm. And Daniel come out and say, well, because of that, at SummerSlam, your goddamn briefcase is on the line. And then then I'm paying attention. Yeah, that's true. It is less than 24 hours old as of us recording this. Yeah. That whole feud. And we're, what, three weeks away from SummerSlam? Mm-hmm. 
come on. They'll do something. John will, John will say some words and Baron yeah. will be like, encore. table last week? Yeah. Oh, yeah. oh, but I should say, before anyone says anything, apparently what was originally going to be the plan was that Corbin was going to come out during the Nakamura Cena match, right? And he was going to try and cost Nakamura the match. Mm. But then things got twisted around when Nakamura dropped Cena on his head and they had to do an audible and just let Nakamura go up, go on clean. And then Corbin came out. Okay. Right. So yeah. That's okay. That's why things are kind of rushed. Well, but, uh, but from, right. what I, from what I read, though, Cena changed the finish last week to, to Nakamura going over clean. And that's what took all the Corbin shit out. Mm. Yeah. And but it's, it, but it's it such a good decision. That. It is a great decision. It's a great but decision, But that's what gives though. us the, 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 the boo-boo feud start. Yeah, and I forgot, I forgot boo-boo the Cor- feud? I forgot <laughs> Corbin had run out. Boo-boo. <laughs> that would have made sense, though. Right. Corbin come, that would have yeah. made sense. Well, too bad, WWE. Let's do some quick hits. Quick hits. Quick hits. Uh... Let's talk about the the latest culmination of Fashion Peaks and hear a clip. Get your quick thoughts on that. Oh, hey, fellas. Oh, hey, fellas. Man. Art Anderson? Enforcer? Did you destroy Tully? What'd you say? Tully the horse. Did you destroy him? You're damn right I did. (laughs) You should have named him Arn. Any moron knows I was the horse of that group. And you know something else? What? I'm taking these. (laughs) (laughs) Arn Anderson is having a week because he also, uh, uh, Tosh made fun of him again. I guess Tosh.0. Really? He has a thing where once a season he calls out Arn Anderson. Really? (laughs) And so on the show this week, they showed off Joey Ryan's dick thing. Yeah, the Um, Foley thing? Not the Foley one. I think it was one of the million times that his dick has beat a man. And um, and and Tosh was like making jokes and he was super into it. And then he called out Arn Anderson. So Arn's having a little week this week. Arn is... A lot bigger than Breeze. That was surprising to me. Mm. He's a, he was a hoss. I guess he was. I yeah. just never saw him as being that big. Hossity hoss. Yeah. Randy Orton versus Jinder Mahal. Randy. <laughs> Randy. Where Randy actually beats the champ because, God forbid, they avoid 50 50 booking. He couldn't take that loss. Ugh. I don't even know if I have a question for that. It's just annoying. I didn't even watch it. I didn't watch that part. I watched I all SmackDown except that. Get the fuck out of it. Yeah. I, I didn't watch it. Yeah. And? No, I watched it. <laughs> All right. What do you guys think about Ellsworth making his return to SmackDown? Uh, it, was a, it was a good moment, but yeah. what happens next? <laughs> well, now now Carmella looks dangerous. Yeah. And you think, well, she could win, even if she's not ultimately opportune because she's got she's got the scales tipped in her favor. Who's she wrestling? Is she in a feud with somebody? Nope. Oh, well, what the fuck does it matter? Well, she's got her enforcer back, her For, yeah. thin forcer. Thin her fin for- her fin forcer. Her, thin, her chin forcer. That's great. That's the name of this episode, I think, is the, <laughs> chin the chin forcer. Now, let's talk about the second of the... There were, two, were there three women's matches on two. SmackDown? Two. Just two. Just two. Uh, let's talk about Lana versus Charlotte. She loses again. But as part of a storyline of her trying to prove herself yes. and just sucking ass at it. Here's the thing. I'm actually getting to a point where um, if they keep doing this with her being like, I can do it, I can do it, I can wrestle, I appreciate why they're doing it because when you have someone go from being such an effective manager to being a wrestler, you do kind of want to... I like that they're giving her some growing pains. Right. Um, And then I think that when she does win 
a, like have a good clean win, it's going to really mean something. I agree with you. Um, so I like it so far. I like that they're doing it. I don't mind that she keeps losing because she's Lana. We know that she'll be back and she'll be back. And if they can show a progression of her getting smarter and better and feeling like I'm, you know, like she's wants to earn the spot, even as a heel or whatever, I'm in it. What's the Tamina thing, though? What is it? She she admires Tamina and wants Tamina to help her learn how to kick ass. But but Tamina is also like <laughs> there it is <laughs> protecting her and gets mad when Lana mentions it's like her other drill sergeant women around her. Yeah. <laughs> is is it Mike, what are you trying to say? I don't know. They make me feel funny. <laughs> Fair enough. It's, it's for me. It's for the shippers. <laughs> d- d- look, WWE's gotten real good at doing stuff for the shippers. <laughs> I like it. I just, uh, I just, I, I can't f- see where it's going. You know. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. It's, it's a little, it's a little murky for me. Kind of like I don't know. Best ones. We'll see. Can their couple name be Lamina? <laughs> Lamina. I like that. Lamina. All right, uh, let's. What do you guys think about Tozawa versus Neville being set for SummerSlam? I love Tozawa so much. Yeah. That's Santon. That's Santon. He jumps into my heart. Oh, <laughs> just straight into your little heart. Straight into my little Aww. heart. Aww. And Neville's amazing. And yeah. yeah, no, it's gonna be great. No heat. No heat. Nope. They have no heat. <laughs> nope. But it's gonna be a really fun match because they're both very good I at wrestling. So, I feel so bad for all of them. I guess I. I mean. I shouldn't feel bad. They're getting TV time. Yeah. They're doing great work. They're getting paid. They should be over. Uh, what do you think about the fact that SummerSlam is set to be six hours long? I Wait, told you. What? <laughs> is this shit real? So what is it? An hour pre-show and five-hour show? And two hours for uh, the pre-show and then four hours for the main. <sighs> it's too much. They need an intermission, man. You, they, you know get... what? What if they did an overture like Gone with the Wind or Lords of Arabia, where they just played wrestlers' theme songs for twenty minutes? Oh my mm. god, I would be so into it. If you if you got an if yo no, if you got like an actual like a band, like an orchestra and like a choir or some shit, I would actually be really into what, that. What if they just made SummerSlam two days? What if they just made it like? Two, Isn't it? It's two the different... longest party of the summer. <laughs> it already is. It's like fucking Coachella for wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> just find us at Facebook.com/slash/tightsfights and at tightsfights on Twitter. When we come back, it's time to talk about what can make or break a baby face in the eyes of the crowd. That's up next on Tights and Fights. We are going to keep it real. I'm in Kawa. I'm Riley Smurl. I'm Sydney McElroy. And I'm Taylor Smurl. And together, we host a podcast called Still Buffering, where we answer questions like, Why should I not fall asleep first at a slumber party? How do I be fleet? Is it okay to break up with someone using emojis? And sometimes we talk about bugs. No, we don't. Nope. <laughs> Find out the answers to these important questions and many more on Still Buffering, a sister's guide to teens through the ages. I am a teenager. And... and- I was two butts, 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 butts. Back to Tights and Fights. I'm Hal Loveland, and I'm joined in the booth by Danielle Redford and Michael Eagle. 
Every once in a while, we like to give something from the world of wrestling extra attention. This is our main event. Let's get ready to rock. When Bailey announced her injury on Raw, this probably wasn't the response that she was expecting. You guys made me feel a lot better. I saw your tweets and your posts. I got a lot of texts. I don't know who's booing. I, I want, I'm thanking the ones who are not booing right now. I'm oh, thanking baby, everybody baby, who tweeted me from the WWE Universe. Oh, baby, <laughs> you know you can't do that. Bizarro world here in Toronto. Hey, here's an idea. Maybe don't oh, put girl. the wrestler who has the mic skills of a substitute teacher out there. No, there were <laughs> there were tweets. If you'll settle down, <laughs> I don't know why you're booing. <laughs> now uh, let me go through roll. I cup a fart. <laughs> Are you here? <laughs> I'm beginning to think these aren't real names. Yeah, that dick fuck cocaine. You're not real. I'm pretty sure. Oh, you are. I'm sorry. I have immense respect for your culture. <laughs> This has been the while coming. Yeah. Because the white meat baby face, Bailey, who hugs everybody and who everybody loves. She's not the one we got. That's not what we got. What do we have right now? I don't know. We have Sasha's best friend. That's what we have. That's her character. That's the strongest thing from her character that has been the, like, the most consistent since she's come out is like, she is Sasha's best friend. And they used to have great matches. Yes. Now, and that's, that's, and that's a... That is such a bummer. Yeah, I mean, Mike, do you think there's anything that can be done to salvage her babyface run? Hmm. And as a follow-up question, can she work as a heel? Uh, I don't. I think. I think a heel turn with her is ill-advised. I think the potential is in them realizing how to position her as a babyface. And mm-hmm. if you turn her heel, then you put a long distance between uh, that and her fullest potential. While we've been talking about this, I've been thinking about how. I perceived her journey in NXT, mm-hmm. and the reason the character worked for me is because when she was, in, in terms of when I started watching and when she was there, the first few presentations I saw her, she looked like a straight-up geek. Yes. Like, she looked completely, like, out of her element. Yes. And she was somebody who got knocked down a lot, and then the fans started, to, you know, she started to be endearing for the fans that way, yeah. and it got behind her, and then when she pulled out victories... And she kept being, like, betrayed. Like, you would see she was, like, sweet, innocent, naive Bailey, right. who was constantly being stabbed in the back. There's a fine line, though, between naive and stupid. You can be na- a naive character in the beginning, mm-hmm. but you do get to a certain point where I think an audience starts perceiving, right. well, she's <laughs> got to be real dumb. You're naive until until you get screwed a couple times. Dog bites you once, shame well, on the dog. And then with Bailey, she learned that lesson, and that was part of what was so satisfying. Right. They brought her in on the main roster and immediately kind of established her as like one of the top gals and started giving her title opportunities in their after championship reigns, I think a little too early. Like mm. we didn't get a, enough of a chance to see her try and fail. Yes. And right. it's just it, in our current culture, that's just it's just a tough way to get over. It's a tough way to have fans get behind you if you're perceived as like completely 100% good because people don't feel like they relate to that. Right. And I do think that so much of it, and and you're right, because it is a lot like Sami Zayn, like so much Mm -hmm. of why you fall in love with her is because she was such an underdog. And you watched her go from being naive underdog to like destroying people. And so, yeah, there was no, she never came in. She never got that opportunity to kind of be like underdog, lowest rung on the totem pole, got to prove herself. She came in and we were immediately told, this is Bailey. This is Bailey. You love Bailey. You love Bailey. You love 
Bailey. Sasha's best friend, four horsewomen, Bailey. And like, if you haven't been watching NXT, you're just like, who, who is this chick and what's up with her hair? Like, you don't get it. Right. So this isn't the first time the crowd has soured on a formerly popular hero or somebody who's presented as a baby face that mm. we're all supposed to cheer. There's Cena, Hogan, probably most famously The Rock. Uh, that list is a very long one. Has there ever been a hero that you enjoyed who you eventually just stopped caring about after they were around for a while? And, and what was it that made you stop caring? You know, a he- uh, baby face that I soured on? When I was a child, mm-hmm. was the Ultimate Warrior. Ooh, okay. interesting. Because I, you know, I was all for it until. Problematic music. And then they they put him up against Hogan, and and I didn't want Hogan to lose to anyone, anyone. Right. And so I was actively rooting for Hogan in that feud because I didn't know he hated me personally. And man, wouldn't uh, it be fun? Just imagining now, like if just right. some black dude came out and knocked both of them out and then just left yeah. back then. Oh my gosh. Yeah. It should have been bad news, Brown. Um, <sighs> you know, and, and Warrior went over and it made me not like him. Uh, right. Famously, because <laughs> I'm fa- famously, I have mentioned how much I was into X-Pac for like a minute. Right. And I'm trying to think of when I soured on him and I think that it just, it got to a point where he started getting like, I didn't like the way that he was being booked. And it's almost the same with Roman, right? Like, yeah. I was a fan of Roman as a yes. face coming yes. out of the shield. Yes. But the booking of that Royal Rumble that he won, it did nobody want him to win. And and the proceeding shoving of him down our throats for a year is what made me not like him. And, and then, of mm-hmm. course, after that, the pew pew and all of that stuff. <laughs> but, right. You know, but initially, initially it's booking. And I guess in, in the Ultimate Warrior, it's booking. And, and, and maybe that's a thread here. And maybe, maybe I think that's a thread with Bailey too. Mm-hmm. I think there is a commonality. I think yeah. it's two things. One, one is is how, how it's booked, how, right. how a character is booked. 100%, which is not in their control. Right. right. The other is that they're, they're spinning their wheels. John Cena is a guy who, whose in-ring work seems to keep getting better. Keep putting on better and better matches. And that's what's happening with with Roman, too, which is why a lot of, um, I think, Mark opinion has started to shift because Roman has been putting on these really, really good matches. They're they're torn 100% because you can't, sort of with Cena, like, now the booing of Cena is, you're expected to be, you cannot look at what he's doing in the ring and say, oh, that was terrible, I'm going to boo that. Same with Roman. Right, I agree. It's like that thing where when Kurt Angle comes out and everyone sings you suck and he smiles and he's about to cry because he's so happy because yeah. that's his thing. No one thinks he sucks. That's just what you say now. Right, but but there is uh, there is something to characters becoming stale. Cena's done little things to tweak his character a little yes. bit. Roman Reigns has has evolved as a character a little bit. Jericho famously, like he... he the guy cannot go stale nope. because he's constantly changing things. Mm-hmm. Always coming up with new ideas. Yeah. H- Hogan, the, the wrestling the wrestling industry outgrew Hogan. It was time for something new. Not that he was – I mean, he wasn't getting the reaction in 1992 or 93 that he was getting in 1987 no. or 88. Mm-hmm. But he was still over. Now that – that cycle, that that amount of time that we'll pay attention to one version of a character, is way, way, way shorter. Yeah, and it's it's uh, this. I mean, 
you can see it reflected in like even our pop stars and stuff. Like that's mm-hmm. just it's not even necessarily like wrestling fans. That's just us. Like we don't have we don't have time. Like every album, you need to be doing something slightly different. There needs to be a change. You need to mature, or you need to like start telling us all your business. Or if you've been telling us all your business, you need to like stop telling us all all your business. In those cases, I'm referencing Beyonce and Taylor Swift and how right. th- and th- and those were big changes that they that they made to themselves. Taylor Swift was the girl that constantly had her heart broken and then she became the internet's cat mom because <laughs> someone sensed that there needed to be a shift. Right. Um, Beyonce became more, um, you know, she she opened up more for going from someone who was very closed to suddenly being like, oh, sometimes your man ain't shit, uh, but then sometimes you forgive him because forgiveness or whatever. And um, Madonna obviously very famously was someone who had such a long running career because she was constantly able to reinvent herself. Yep. And then you have someone like a Gaga who her cycles of reinvention were happening like every week and it burnt people out. Yeah, yeah. Or David Bowie is a guy mm-hmm. who's reinvented himself. Prince even to, yeah. uh, to a large extent has re- reinvented himself over and over again. Michael Jackson became a completely different race. That's yeah. right. You can do that. You can just devolve or whatever. Whatever. Just um, lose that melanin. Are you saying Cena should become black? Yes. Great. Well, Cena also went from being a rapper to being whatever this is now. So. But yeah. he's been whatever that is for yeah. way too long. And, oh, and, he's, he's and a human Lee Greenwood song. I don't even know who that is. <laughs> But I want to know. Um, Proud to be an American. Ah, or at got least it. I know I'm free. Um, but I mean, if you think about who everybody thinks of as the best wrestlers of all time, Flairs, Shawn Michaels, Roddy Piper's. I mean, and, and Hogan, and all of these guys, you know, turned heel when it was time to. Yeah. All of them, right? You know, and and I think that's a big deal about Cena is that when he should have. And he probably at that point would have had a run as a heel that would have made all of us love him forever. Mm, And then we would have been wanting the old Cena to come back and he would have slowly, and then it would have been like Hogan in the red and yellow. But I think you gotta do that. Like it's part of the reinvention we're talking about in pop culture. In wrestling, I think you have to at some point go the other direction as hard as you went in the first place and I think that's what really gives your career that longevity I will say this just to I think John Cena is a throwback think about Bruno San Martino Mm -hmm. who spent however however many years of his career as a baby face sure if he was ever a heel I'm not aware of it maybe he did work heel very early in his career but he, he was on top for over a decade and did it all as a baby face Cena has been a baby face since what 2004? Something like that. So I just it's been a 13-year run as a babyface. He sells a ton of merch. He puts butts in seats. He he's he's had a strong run on top. There is no reason to turn him. But heel. see, I don't. I don't. I th- th- the reason that argument doesn't work. Yeah. Is because there's no way to prove that turning him heel doesn't also sell merch and put butts in seats. There's no way to prove it. Right. But there's also no need to explore it because there's been no drop. No, there's a reason, reason to reason to explore it because a lot of people boo him now. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that's the reason to explore it because there's an energy of people wanting to see it, which means it's probably time. Right. But until they stop caring about the baby face, until it becomes 100 percent booze. I think it has been 100% booze, and they just pushed through it, which to me is not a good idea. Uh, That's my final statement. (laughs) Uh, He ended on that Tim Allen. Let us know what you think. How about who are the baby faces that you turn stale on? Tell us why at facebook.com slash group slash tights fights and at tights fights on Twitter. 
Until then, when we come back, <laughs> it's time for three more things we've loved for wrestling. That's up next on Tights and Err. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Allegra Ringo. And I'm Renee Colbert. And we host a podcast called Can I Pet Your Dog? Renee, can I tell you about a dog I met this week? Uh, I wish that you would. In turn, though, can I tell you about a dog hero? May I tell you about a dog breed in a segment I like to call Mutt Minute? (laughs) I would love that. Could we maybe talk about some dog tech? Could we have some cool guests on, like Lin-Manuel Miranda, Nicole Byer, and Ann Wheaton? I mean... Yeah, absolutely. I'm in. You're on board. What do you say we uh, we do all of this and put it into a podcast? Yeah, okay. You think? <laughs> all right. Uh, should we call it like I don't know? Can I pet your dog? Sure. All right. Uh, what do you what do you say we put it on every Tuesday on Maximum Fun or on iTunes? Sounds the- good to me. <laughs> Meeting's over. Ties and bites podcast. Ties and Welcome back to Tights and Fights. I'm Hal Loveland, and I'm joined today by... Danielle Radford. And Michael Eagle. Every week, we end the show by sharing some of the joy of pro wrestling with joy. you. Joy! This, and pain, <laughs> is the three count. You won. you I am putting over, so there's this website called The Ringer, uh, ringer.com, and I guess they do a segment called Table Reads, where they have people come in and, like, read uh, scenes from scripts, like, famous scripts, and then they, like, put that read into the thing. Is that is that Bill Simmons' site, The Ringer? I don't know. Is it? It might be. Is it all green no. and shit? Yeah, yeah it's that's all Bill green. Simmons. That's, oh, site. that's his. Yeah. Okay, that makes, that, now it makes way more sense. So, because I was like, how the fuck did they get Braun So... In this, this is a scene um, where Braun Strowman reads um, as Juno from the movie Juno. Oh, no. WWE superstar Braun Strowman reading as Juno. He's not supposed to know how to read. You're pregnant? I'm so sorry, guys. And if it is any consolation, I I have have heartburn that's like radiating down my kneecaps, and I haven't taken a dump since Wednesday morning. You're thinking about adoption? Yeah, well, there's this couple who I've been trying to have a baby for five years. That is a tough, tough thing to do. It's probably tougher than you can understand right now. Well, I'm not ready to be a mom. (laughs) Well, I thought you were the kind of girl who knew when to say when. I don't even know what kind of girl I am. Uh, so yeah, it's amazing and it's super cute and you can see him like doing it and he's laughing and giggling and I've never, uh, I think I have a crush on Von Strowman now so that's weird and I'm working through it and it's also got my <laughs> other wife Allison Janney in it so there's just so much goodness there. Nice. Can, we, can we talk about our crushes at some point? Can we have can we have a wrestling crush conversation? I don't some, see why sometime? we can't yeah. during like a slow week. Yeah, we'll put the, we'll put a pin in that, I guess. Hmm. Yeah, for now. I want to talk about Tamina. Ooh, that one. <laughs> I get it. Does it for me? Ooh. I get it. No, oh, I, oh, I get it. Lord, so tall. I know. <laughs> so surly. I get it. Watch, I say so tall. If I were to be, I guarantee you, she's like my height. No, Tamina. Maybe. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know things. Every time, every time I think a woman on TV is really tall, um, unless she's like our friend Marcella or like someone who's like six foot something. I, they, as soon as I see them, they're like, I'm like, oh, you're an inch shorter than me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just that everyone in Hollywood is so tiny. So small. Tiny. So small. Mike? Um, Raven has a thing that's kind of like a wrestling podcast, but it's not because those don't exist. And um, he, he he has a co-host on his uh, thing called Busby Berkeley or something like that. 
I think he used to be an announcer for WCW. Busby Berkeley? Yes. The guy who's been dead for decades? Oh, uh, well, then it's not him because <laughs> this guy's very alive. Unless they're using he's, some he's weird... A very alive man. Weird, Was this guy also a character of the Great Gatsby? Uh, no. <laughs> but they're doing a Skype seance or something, and, and they got him. What? He's a co-host. But um, he was telling a story about one time when they were in a Doubletree Hotel in LAX, and Bobby Heenan was holding court. And I'm pretty sure it's too long, but I thought it was real funny. <laughs> so let's hear it. This specific Doubletree, but they had a glass elevator in Nashville? the middle. No, this is LAX. In L.A.? Yeah. Was it was it the double tree with the glass elevator? Grandpa. Ravens, yeah. Oh my god, yeah. Sounds like every old oh, uncle I have no in recollection. Yeah. So there's glass the elevator. way it works is there's this glass elevator that's kind of central in the lobby. And then there's sort of a bar area and Bobby Heenan was like telling stories and he was being so loud and funny and had such a big group around him that security decided to break it up. Like he was just slaughtering. He was just telling funny stories and this and that. And a security guy tells everyone they have to disperse and they start hazing and booing the security guy. And Bobby's like, oh no, he's just doing his job. Hey, I get it. You know, this and that, it's getting late. We're probably keeping people up. And he said, hey, I have to go to bed. And so that guy kind of stayed and people were still talking to him and saying, oh, do you know who that was? That was Bobby and this and that. And he goes, hey, listen, I'll just do my job. And what Bobby Heenan had done was he had gone over to the glass elevator. And as it went up so he could go up the elevator to his floor, he had pulled his dick and balls out completely <laughs> and pressed them against the glass. So as this guy was a security guy whose back was to the elevator, you just <laughs> see Bobby. I was just like, man, that's like the f- so simple and so effing funny. Just Bobby, man. Yeah. Bobby hanging brain Heenan. Yeah, man. <laughs> the weasel was out that night and pressed up against the glass. Is it with dudes taking their dicks out when they want to make a joke? I swear to God, in college, every party, you would look over and all of a sudden some dude would have his dick out asking you if you want gum. Uh, I didn't go to dick out college. <laughs> I, went, I, I went to oh, regular I went to college. Arts college. I went to... It was broier than you expect. Mostly yeah. the graphic designers and the musicians. And yeah, I went to dick out college. Oh, where man. It was just dicks out. It's the thing that a dumb uh, that a dumb teenager does when they're away from home Mm -hmm. and they want other people to like. I'm in on the joke, right? I'm so edgy. Yeah, that's terrible. (laughs) Here's the roundest, softest part of me. (laughs) (laughs) Thank God there was no social media. (laughs) Speaking of dicks, (laughs) something to wrestle with Bruce Prichard was about Paul Heyman this week. Allow me this rally. And we got to see uh, Bruce Prichard's great Paul Heyman impression. Hypothetically speaking, if Heyman was at um, the wedding reception and he was giving a toast to the Undertaker and Mrs. Undertaker, what might that sound like? Allow me, my good man, to toast my good, close, dear, personal friend, Mr. Mean Mark, who will soon undergo a transformation in the WWF. And as you go, and I will hopefully one day be able to meet you again inside the squared circle, and perhaps at that time maybe you can bury your horrible manager inside of a concrete crypt while I watch with my two men in the ring as they die a horrible, disastrous death. Cheers! (laughs) (laughs) Cheers! Fucking <laughs> 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 Bruce. Oh, so good. That does it for Tights and Fights. We are a podcast on the Maximum Fun Network. This week, our hosts are Danielle Radford and Open Mike Eagle, along with me, Hal Lublin. 
Our producer is the millennial man, Julian Burrell. Senior producer at Maximum Fun is Laura Swisher. Mike Eagle is the voice behind our theme music as well, so we're putting him over for that. Keep up with us all week long at facebook.com slash group slash tightsfights and at tightsfights on Twitter. And if you love the show, remember to hit those five stars on Apple Podcasts and share us with all your friends. Thank you so much to all the Maximum Fun members who have chosen to support our show. And keep the lights on when the three of us are in the booth and Julian's out at the board. We'll be back next week for even more. You guessed it, wrestling. Tights and Bites Podcast. Tights and Bites. Maximumfun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.